Scripture the reading this morning comes from the book of 1 Kings, reading chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. Good morning, church. It's good to see each and every one of you here this morning. I want to thank the number of people who came out yesterday and sweated and scratched up legs and busted elbows and wore out fingers and things like that so that we can get moved to Savannah. And we thank you for the food and everything. We are excited to be here. And it was nice to get up and drive down the road instead of driving an hour to come to worship. I want to mention a few things as we get started this morning that Brother Eddie mentioned in our announcements. Two things that are coming up, that, and this church is great at service. You guys just go above and beyond for service, and, and, and that is great. And a lot of people know this church as a result of that. There's another opportunity. As was mentioned about our outreach feeding Dustin's been meeting and getting that together, and I want to encourage you, if you would like to be a part of that, it will be on uh, a couple of days throughout the week in the summer. A great opportunity for us to go out and show people that are less fortunate that we care. We're not only here, we're not only the building in the old Walmart building, we're not only the church that meets across the street from the high school, We are the church that wants to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we want to show you the love of Jesus. That's an opportunity that we have. If you have an interest in that, and in any way could serve or help with that, I want to encourage you to to go to Dustin and tell him what you can do and your willingness to help. I also want to encourage our young people, our adults, We have Maywood Christian Camp coming up in a few weeks. If you would like to be a part of that, please go to maywoodchristiancamp.com and sign up. You know, a lot of people, a lot of young people have said, will change their life, will be converted, will give their life to Jesus on two events, mission trips and Christian Camp. What an opportunity to be influenced by other Christians and to have a good time while doing it. So if you'd like to go to Maywood Christian Camp, please go and sign up for that. If you're an adult and want to go, uh, please let me know and we'll make sure that Bill Wade and others know that you're coming and you want to be a part of that. Great opportunities. I don't know if you look at our bulletin. I hope you do. We have opportunities to serve. 
also want to encourage you for one more thing. If you'll look around, you'll notice we have a lot of holes here in our pews this morning. There are a lot of people traveling. Pray for those people, please. And if you're going to be traveling this afternoon or tomorrow, please be careful because guess what? We want you back here safe and sound. Tonight, or today, we're going to be talking about Elijah. And Elijah felt like, I know I do a little bit, and all those who worked yesterday may, running on empty. And maybe it is you felt like that way in life. And so today I want us to look at Elijah and look at what God did for Elijah. I'm reminded of a story of a group of psychiatry students who were gathered in their classroom, their college classroom, and their professor began a discussion because he wanted to prove a point. He began the class to say, what we're going to be talking about today, he said, are the extreme things that people go through or deal with that are emotionally stressed. For example, he turned to one student and he said, what's the opposite of joy? The student said, sadness. He turned to another student and he said, what's the opposite of depression? And the student replied, elation. He turned to a young man from the state of Texas and he said, what's the opposite of woe? He said, well, I guess the opposite of woe is giddy up. (laughs) A young girl was learning. She spent months trying to learn to tie her shoes. She worked and worked at learning to tie her shoes. One day she figured it out. Her parents were surprised. They thought she would be delighted, but they were surprised when she was disappointed. Her father said, Honey, I don't understand. What's what's wrong? And she said, I've learned to tie my shoes. Well, well, honey, that's great, but why are you crying? And she said, Because now I have to do it all by myself for the rest of my life. (laughs) Psychiatrists say, that most people suffer some sort of serious depression in their life. And you know many of those people never seek help and they try to do it all on their own. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt burned out? Alone? Having nowhere to turn? Elijah knows how that feels. 1 Kings chapter 18, oh, a beautiful chapter. A beautiful chapter. Elijah, he had lived through a drought. He had gone up against King Ahab and the prophets of Baal and won, God did, but using him. 
And now he is on the run for his life. In fact, he gets to this point and he prays to God, God, take my life. I'm tired of living this way. Have you ever felt that way? That you just wanted to give up? God, it's enough. Elijah said. So what do we do? What did God instruct Elijah to do? When he felt like he was running on empty and there was no way to go and he was all alone and nowhere to turn. What did he do? I want you to notice chapter 19, verse 5. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. God, this is just too much. This is enough. I've had enough. Just let me die. What was God's answer? Elijah, you need to rest. So he provided shade and he collapsed in exhaustion. He sent an angel to provide food and water twice for the journey would be long. God knew the most important medicine that Elijah needed was rest and nourishment. And God provided. Have you ever felt like, God, where are you? Elijah may have wondered that. The Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Turn in your Bibles, if you will. Hold your finger right there at 1 Kings 19. And I want you to notice what the Scripture says in Psalm 139. 139. Beginning in verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. In the beginning, God created. And God knew the medicine that Elijah needed. And God knows the medicine that we need when we too, like Elijah, James chapter 5, the Bible says, Elijah was a man just like us. And God knows the medicine that we need when we're running on empty. The other day, I heard on the radio or television that the average adult needs seven to eight hours of rest 
I wonder how many of us get that. I know I didn't last night, but I did rest. The average team needs 10 to 12 hours of rest. And God says, Elijah, when you're in this position, what you need is you need rest. Now, we can do one or two things. We can do like Elijah and we can work ourselves and do all these good things till we are totally exhausted and we collapse like Elijah. Or we can see that rest is important. God knows the medicine that we need when we're running on empty. And we too need that rest. But God also noticed that Elijah needed nourishment. And so He provided bread and water twice through the angel. Because, why? The journey is going to be long, Elijah, and you need to be rested and you need to be nourished. It's important, as we sang a while ago, that we take time out to be still and know He is God. Who created us? God created us. And God knows what we need. And He knows us. And God says for Elijah, take time to rest. Take time to be still. And know who I am. Eat and drink. But notice in the second place, God wanted Elijah to rediscover and reconnect who he is. Verse 8 again. He went up in the strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. This is awesome right here. And spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he, that's God, said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he, that's God, said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Sometimes we can, even in good things, become so so discouraged and so down and depressed that we need to refocus and reconnect with God. Have you ever heard of a man by the name of J.C. Penney? 
In the first part of the 20th century, J.C. Penney began his department stores. 1,700 department stores he had. Things were going great, but you know, J.C. Penney was not void of down times. He was not void of discouragement. He was not void of depression. For when the Great Depression hit, Penny had been stretched. He had stretched himself, barring from here and there, so that he might can do various things in his stores. And when the Depression hit, many of these bankers, they begin to say, we need our money now. Money became tight. Penny began to sink in Great Depression. He began to noticed various physical ailments. He became very ill. So ill that he was so concerned that he checked himself in to the Kellogg Sanitarium at Battle Creek, Michigan. He was under the care of Dr. Elmer Elmer Eggleston. He noticed how extremely ill Penny was. And so he developed a rigid treatment for him. But it seemed that nothing helped. One day, Penny decided that was going to be his last day on this earth. He was so sick, he would not live until until tomorrow. And so he sat down and he began writing farewell letters to his wife and to his son. He put them in an envelope and he laid them beside his bed and he laid down believing that he would not wake up the next day. But when the next day came, he woke up and he was surprised to be alive. And he noticed a sound coming down the hallway. And so he goes out of his room and he makes his way down the hallway to the chapel that they had there in the hospital. And he said, I heard them sing a song And the message of that song changed my life. It changed my attitude. It changed my direction. He said the song was this. Be not dismayed, whate'er be tied. God will take care of you. Beneath His wings of love abide. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. It's interesting that Elijah had run himself empty doing the Lord's work. Fighting for God. And when he felt like he was alone, God said, I have the medicine. Take time, be still, rest. Know that I'm God. Here's nourishment. And then realize that I am God. Even Jesus took time out. Jesus, the Son of God, took time out to refocus and remind Himself who God is now in the morning. Mark 1.35, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place to do what? To pray. In a sense, maybe rest. And to reconnect 
with God. Elijah had traveled to the mountain of God 40 days and 40 nights. He was seeking God in his time of sorrow, in his time of discouragement, in his time of feeling all alone. He was seeking God. He gets to the mountain of this cave and he goes in and he sleeps, rests. And he hears the word of the Lord, Elijah, what are you doing here? I love this section of Scripture. He says, Lord, everybody's forsaken you. They've torn down your altars. They've killed your prophets. And I'm the only one left. I'm the only one here serving. Ever felt like Elijah? God says, watch out now. The Lord's about to pass by. And before the Lord came a mighty wind, but the Bible says God wasn't in the wind. It tore the mountain apart, but God was not in the wind. And then an earthquake tearing the earth apart, but God was not in the earthquake. And after that, a fire, but God was not in the fire. And after that, the still, small voice. And did you catch what happened? Elijah comes to the mouth of the cave. I'm assuming he was very, very terrified. A wind... Brother Albert... Brother Albert and I do not like tornadoes. And where I want to be when a tornado comes? Underground. I've never been in an earthquake, but but I've been in those things in Gatlinburg that make me feel like I'm in an earthquake. And I've seen fire do a lot of damage. And I can imagine when Elijah's in that cave, he's terrified. And as if, as if God is saying to Elijah, I'm not, you can't hear me in all this chaos. Even the good you're doing, you have run yourself ragged and you can't hear me in all the chaos. What you need to do is you need to pause and you need to listen for that still, small voice. And then he comes to Elijah and he again asks him, Elijah, why are you here? Church, can you hear him? Why are we here? Why do we exist? Why do we come together? On Sundays, or any other day for that matter? Church, Christian, why are you here? I'm surprised a little bit by Elijah's response. Elijah responds in the same way he did before. 
Yet maybe this time he really knows who he's talking to. Well, Lord, I've been zealous for you. I'm the only one left. All of Israel has forsaken you. They've torn down your altars, killed your prophets, but I'm by myself. And he says, Oh no. Oh no. No, you're not. Look at what he says to him in verse 14. He says, This is what I want you to do. I want you to go back and serve. And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the, with the sword. I alone am left, to, and, I, and they seek my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Here it is. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. God says, listen, you need to take time and rest. Take care of yourself. And then you need to reconnect and realize who I am, who it is you're serving, why you are here. And then I want you to go and I want you to serve. Go and anoint Haziel's king over Syria. Jehu king over Israel. And Elijah... I want you to anoint Elisha that will succeed you as prophet. In the midst of his discouragement, in the midst of his depression, God still had a place for Elijah. And He wanted him to realize who he was and why he was here. And why was he there? To serve. To serve. Maybe you're here today and you're like Elijah. And you're down and you're struggling. You're discouraged. Maybe even you're depressed. Please don't allow those things to go untreated. If you're to a point, there is professional help. Maybe you need that. Elisha was to a point where he needed help and he sought God. And God said, take time, be still, rest, realize who I am, and realize, Elijah, while you're here. Now go and serve. Elijah needed nourishment and God provided. Elijah needed a fresh understanding of who God God was and God helped Elijah reconnect with who He is. Maybe it is God is whispering to us through His Word 
today. And you know another thing, Elijah needed a proper perspective of himself. Have you ever been down and felt alone like Elijah? I know when I've been down and I think I'm all alone. I'm by myself. Where's my focus? I put that on me. And God said, focus on Him. And then go and do what I put you here to do, Elijah. To serve. Maybe it is and you're not a child of God. I want you to notice a verse. In chapter 18 of 1 Kings, verse 21, Elijah asked all the people, how long will you falter or waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, follow Him. How long will you waver between two opinions? If you're here today and you're not a child of God, it's our prayer, it's God's prayer that you will connect with Him through obedience and faith and being buried with Him in baptism to rise in newness of life. Similar to what Brother Bill mentioned to us this morning about what Jesus has done for us. Realize Jesus has done this for you. You can't be here today and not know. Will you do that? So that you can come out of that watery grave of baptism and you can leave this building going on your way rejoicing, leading others to Jesus. Sister D told me this morning, of some of the work that's going on with Brother Worley in Africa. It said they baptized a young man and he was disowned by his family. And then they were able to baptize his mother. In the midst of persecution, he taught his mother. And you can do that today. Maybe it is that you find yourself in such deep discouragement that you need your church family to pray with you and pray for you and say, God, help them reconnect with you. Help them, like Jesus says, to ease that load and that burden so they too can continue to serve because they know why they're here now. One person has said, God likes you just the way you are, but He loves you too much to allow you to stay that way. Do you have a need to respond to the Lord's invitation tonight, this morning? If you do, don't wait another moment. Don't waver between two opinions, but come forward and let us assist you. Together we stand and sing.